Welcome back. It's Howl History once again. Derek and Chad here in your ear holes. Chad, how's your week going? Uh, good. It's a little toasty outside. It is. It's only going to get warmer. I saw it's going to be 101 next Monday. Yeah, that's just not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the heat. I don't. I mean, I don't like the real cold either, but I like the cold better than the heat. So it's brutal. Yeah, I mean, I don't like 101. I will still take the heat over the cold, though. Hundred, you take 101 over like 20 below. Yes, I mean to me it's like six of one, half a dozen of another because you can't really do anything outside either way. So it's, I mean, if it's 20 below, it's not like if I wait for the right kind of right time of day, I can get out for a little bit. It's just always going to be too cold to be outside. When it's 101 at midday, at least it'll be 80 when I wake up, and I could get the dog out for a walk if I need to. Sure. So, so no, yeah, I, I would take it, this. They're comparable. I mean, I I guess I don't have a strong opinion either way they just both suck <laughs> <laughs> that's true we're gonna we're gonna grin and embrace it for the next week but the timberwolves are well into their offseason we are only chat about a week and a half away from the nba draft so we're looking forward to that i'm sure they are well into their planning with their new front office we're not going to get into every uh signing or addition they've made there since it's largely inconsequential and we'll never know who made what decision it all comes back to the, the head man in charge. But uh, there has been some rumors, uh, some uh, hubbub recently surrounding our, our good friend D'Angelo Russell. And, and we've talked quite a bit about him as we've been going through the rest of the league and our competitive analysis, trying to identify what trades would be out there and if there's anything that makes sense for him. Uh, but Kevin O'Connor from the, the Ringer posted his most recent mock draft recently. And it, with the, for the Timberwolves at number 19, he had Ty Ty Washington from, from Kentucky. And the lead-in sentence to that was that the Timberwolves are shopping D'Angelo Russell. And there was nothing surrounding it. There was no information. There was no source. There was no, like, this is what they're looking for. Here's who they've talked to. There's, it was just a kind of a throwaway comment. So it could be literally nothing. It could be that he just assumes they're shopping Russell or that Russell had a bad close to the season and he's, this is just kind of, you know, aggregator stuff. But uh, he's been fairly reliable over the last couple of years. So I, I, it's something to take on you know, on its face as, as a goodwill statement. And combining that with the fact that Russell yesterday tweeted out that he was going shopping and then deleted the tweet. Uh, oh, did he delete it? I didn't he did, he deleted yeah. it. So I don't know if they're related at all. I don't know if he saw that. It like, has to be using the same exact word. I mean, Dilo, if you follow him on Twitter, is a weird follow because I was kind of looking at, because you and I exchanged texts about yeah. the shopping tweet. And then I also posted, or showed you the the 98 right he also he tweeted just the number 98 which yeah probably means nothing speculating but yeah. four years 98 million is what he's looking for but that's just totally a shot in the dark that somebody yeah. made it has some logic behind that guess but that's all it is it's still a guess right um and so i was looking back through all of Dilo's tweets and all of them are pretty cryptic yeah <laughs> so i it's hard to read into i i that shopping one's gotta be a related I would assume. I mean, and and it's yeah. probably more of a knowing, or I don't know Delo at all, but watching Delo interact with media over the course of the last couple of years, it could be a tongue-in-cheek like comment back, like um, just you know, almost trolling uh, back that at the reporter. It might not be any yeah. hard feelings with it or anything. It might just be playful. But uh, the fact that he deleted it, that's a little weird, a little different because it like. People are jumping to conclusions. Of what it is like? D-Lo, there's, there's a, 
there's lots of paths he could take where he could say it had nothing to do with that. You know, like he doesn't have, it doesn't have to be tied to that. So the fact they deleted it tells me even more that it was connected. I know, right. Otherwise, what's the point? Like, um, anyway, so that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, he and I are members of a completely different section of the, the zeitgeist out there. He follows different things than I do. He's going to listen to different music, watch different shows. So it could be to- total, whatever he posts, it could be a total reference to something that I just don't understand. And that's possible. But like you said, when he went out and deleted it and it had used that reference, maybe, you know, maybe an agent called him, maybe the Timberwolves called him and said, Hey, don't worry about it. This isn't anything that's coming out. You know, I don't know what it is, but. Or, or the reverse. He just starts yeah. seeing all the, all the people on Twitter talking about right. trading him. He's just like, oh, I don't. Yeah, like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't really want to be in, in the middle of it. So uh, we, we've talked a lot about um, what you would look for for D'Lo if you're going to do a, a two-for-one or what different deals would look like if you're trying to split up that money into different pieces. And I thought a fun ex- uh, experiment here would be to take a look at every player in the league that has a salary that could be traded straight up for D'Lo. And when we looked at it, there were 37 different players that could be fall into such a scenario and figure out kind of where he falls on the spectrum. You know, how many players would we just... Would the Timberwolves just say clearly say no to how many players wouldn't even be available because the conversation would even start? You know, guys like you know Luca or Joel Embiid, they're not going to be available for D'Lo, so you know it's not even worth the conversation. And then how many guys would fall into the the Timberwolves would say yes? Would you know would the conversation you know require multiple picks or what? Where would that go? And then you know then there's a whole group of middle ground guys where it's like this would require you know a real debate as to whether or not this is somebody that the Timberwolves would say yes to or the other team would say yes to. So, Chad, I, I sent the list over to you, and we kind of both went through the exercise of, of sorting our, our players into the different ca- categories. And what, where do you want to start? You want to start with just with the guys that we don't think anybody would have a conversation on, or just the clear no's at the bottom? Uh, let's, I would say let's start with the untouchables. Just get knock them off the list, move on to the one. That way we can have a little bit more of a discussion on the ones that uh, actually may be relevant to this. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I'll roll through about five at a time, and then uh, I'll, I'll take a brief pause so you can let me know if you disagree with any of them. How, how's that sound? Correct. All right. So this is in no particular order. I just kind of went through uh, each conference. So we're starting with uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam Abadio from Mi- Miami, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown from the Eastern Conference champion Boston Celtics, and then Chris Middleton from Milwaukee. Any disagreement there? Nope. I think they're all... I mean, I could see maybe Middleton... Being on the block, being that he wasn't available this year, we wouldn't really be in that discussion. Yeah, not for D'Lo. Yeah, not for D'Lo. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then we have Drew Holiday, also from Milwaukee, Joel Embiid, Trey Young, Devin Booker, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson might be a guy that would be on the trade block. Again, I don't think they're going to trade him to the Wolves, and certainly not for D'Lo because they already got Jaw. Um, even though I think D'Lo might fit on Memphis, he doesn't fit so well that they're going to give up their starting power forward. To yeah. kick on that story. Yeah, I think they've kind of been locking in the crew they had last year, and they're going to try to roll forward with that for at least another year or so. Uh, so then we have a few more. Uh, Luka Doncic, of course. Nikola Jokic, the two-time reigning MVP. Jamal Murray, also out in Denver. Brandon Ingram, Anthony Davis, and Draymond Green, just because of legacy issues. Yeah, I mean, I could see Draymond Green being somebody that's shopped hard. Yeah. Um, I don't see any reason why the Wolves would have any interest. And then the only one I would disagree there as untouchable would be Jamal Murray. Only because in Denver, you know, he, he was so unavailable for such a large chunk that I could see them possibly um, entertaining moving him. And I could see a the fact that we have their old GM, him have an interest. And I could see a scenario where D'Lo fits 
pretty well in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of weird because you think, okay, well, who do you like better as a player, Jamal Murray or, or D'Lo? Um, I do like Jamal Murray better, but I, it's probably a lot closer to me than it is to you. Um, so I, it's, I guess it's an argument on whether or not Denver thinks D'Lo is any better or adds anything that Jamal Murray doesn't give them already. Yeah, I mean, and I think they'd be in the same conversation as we are, as it depends on what his contract's going to be. If he's also right. going to demand a max, they're not saving any money by trading Jamal Murray. So why why rock the boat in that scenario? Um, so then I, I did have one crossover between the the other team wouldn't consider the offer and we also wouldn't consider the offer, and that was Andrew Wiggins uh, for for reasons. I think that we have gone into them for you know plenty over the the past few episodes. No matter how well he's playing in the finals, there's not going to be any. D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins conversations happening on either side. Right. And yeah, I mean, why is, why would they want D'Lo anyway, even if they were going to trade Wiggins? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, I only had a few other clear no's, which might speak to where D'Lo stands on this list. Um, whereas almost the entire list is either a conversation to be had or somebody that we couldn't get for him. But the only other no's I had where Minnesota would probably just hang up the phone are Kyle Lowry due to his age. Uh, Al Horford also due to his age. We talked at length about Al Horford in the, in our Boston conversation in a previous episode. He'd look great here. And, and maybe if you bring him in for one year, Al Horford for one year looks better than D'Lo for one year. So maybe there's a conversation to be had there, but I don't think that's what Minnesota is looking for in a trade for D'Lo. And you'd probably be better off running it back. And then we've also talked about Tobias Harris and Julius Randle, both players that, um, salaries could match up Harris is a little bit older so he might be more of a no than Randall you could probably talk yourself into Randall's age and this his size at the power forward for being somebody that maybe if you could get a pick or two to go along with it you'd, you'd have that discussion but just from our previous conversations I just had them all in, in the hard no uh, category uh, yeah the only one I would it's slightly disagree and it's not even because I'm saying yes it's I put Randall in my maybe mm-hmm. column um I actually have more guys from my from your maybe section that I put in my nose, yeah, which we'll cover when we get to those guys. But so my no list is longer than yours, but I actually had Randall in my maybe, which is a shorter list than your maybe list. Cool, if that makes sense. It does. So I I have a maybe list, and these are guys that are probably throughout the league either available for one reason or another, or somebody that you know I considered to be around D'Lo's value throughout the league. So somebody that you you could just have the conversation about, you know, or you wouldn't be shocked to see a D'Lo for this guy article popping up out of the ether from Bleacher Report, you know, or whatever it happened to be. So uh, we'll go three at a time. I'm going to, I have DeMar DeRozan, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love. Vastly different quality of players there, but for many reasons, all of them are either available or have not proven to be long-term statuses on their teams and all three of those for me are hard nose yeah <laughs> i'd rather have Delo than any of those three for different reasons mm-hmm. um for love and derozan it's their age um I, derozan might be spectacular again for one more year yep it's hard to say kevin love's already not available a lot uh, so that doesn't do anything for me kyrie irving also not available a lot also kind of a me first player um talent wise is he more talented than Delo? sure is he a better team player than Delo? i don't think he is um and do I want to risk all the weirdness that comes from having Kyrie Irving on my team for D'Lo? No, I'd rather just run it back with D'Lo. So those three guys for me were, I put all on my no list. Do you think any of those three teams would turn down a D'Lo for their guy swap? Um, to be honest, 
I mean, I think it's feasible that all three. Yeah, I think they all would. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know for sure. I mean, I think Brooklyn, again, if Brooklyn got moved Simmons for something else and D'Lo was that third piece, Mm -hmm. maybe they say yes because D'Lo had a good run there. Um, DeRozan, I, I mean, I think, I mean, we're talking about Chicago might be moving on from Levine. And partially due to the fact that they got DeRozan in a similar yeah. position. So, yeah. like, I don't think they're saying yes to D'Lo when they're, one of their other pieces that was out last year was Lonzo Ball. Like, I just – I don't see a fit there. And then Cleveland also has Darius Garland and Colin Sexton potentially coming back. I don't know why they would trade Kevin Love for D'Lo. I think straight up – like, if there was a third team, I think Cleveland's the one that's most likely to do it because yeah. they would just say, okay, yeah, we don't need D'Lo, but – yeah, we'll trade up, trade Kevin Love for a D-low caliber player and take what we can get from the from the third team. Yeah, because okay, so for my next group, I have two players we've actually talked about before and one who will be coming up in our next competitive analysis. So we have Gordon Hayward, Chris Stepps, Przingis, and Chris Paul. So I agree on Hayward and Przingis as, as maybes. Um, and I think they're probably both guys I brought up in trade scenarios that I like. <laughs> so that's <laughs> yep. probably why I have them in my maybes. Um, Chris Paul, for me, is a hard no. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with one. I've never been a Chris Paul fan. Um, not so much his game. Like I think his game's nice. I mean, it's, it's statistically great. I don't care stylistically watching him. Like he's not that appealing of a player to watch for me. Um, but part of that's cause I just think he's kind of a douchebag mm-hmm. that pretends to be a nice guy. And I just think he's a fraud. So he's always just bugged me. Um, and so I, that's why it's probably more of a personal thing for me. I, I think Phoenix probably would do that, to be honest with you, only because I think they, they're realizing they need to make some sort of a move. And I think Chris Paul, oddly enough, has become the most expendable player on the team. Now, they might, because of the coach situation, trade Aiton before they trade Paul. Um, but I would, if I am Phoenix and a fan of the Suns, I would much rather keep DeAndre Ayton and trade Chris Paul. I just, how much treads left on the Chris Paul tire? Like, I just don't know. And I would, if I was a Suns fan, I'd be like welcoming that D-Lo for Chris Paul trade just because it's like, now you have a young, now your team went from a window that was almost shut Mm -hmm. to another three or four year window. Yeah. I think they have a decision to make for how quickly they're going to pivot because they've kind of, you know, attached their whole organization to Chris Paul and how far he can take them because I think everybody understands while watching it that yeah Devin Booker is better than he was three years ago and Aiton is better than he was three years ago but they're not a championship level team without Chris Paul so if he were to just get old all of a sudden they're going to be in trouble I think I would add to that that they learned this year they're not a championship team with Chris Paul so you're right they're not one without Chris Paul but they're also not one with Chris Paul so it's but I also think that the rest of their pieces are young enough and good enough that it's not a blow it up situation. Right. It's a, can we flip Chris Paul for a similar level player who's just younger, who with more time together? Because look, six months ago, we didn't think Boston Celtics were a championship caliber team either. So like a lot of this is just smoke and mirrors for these teams where you think they're dead in the water. They're, like Phoenix, I think you and I both picked them to win the West mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of the playoffs. They had a bad run in the playoffs. That doesn't mean they're dead in the water. It just means like... Right. You know, and if you are a team that has a capacity to be a number one seed, you almost owe it to yourselves to go for it. Yep. I, I, and, I can... and does going from Chris Paul to D'Angelo Russell leave you still in that conversation? And that's that's the, that's the conversation they'd have to have internally. Right, right. And I, I think there's an argument both ways. Like, I think, yeah. obviously, Chris, 
the peak Chris Paul is vastly superior to peak D'Angelo Russell. The question is, is the 2022 version of Chris Paul as good or better Mm -hmm. than the 2022 version of D'Angelo Russell? And to me, I don't really think he is. Um, He's better at certain things, certainly. Yep. I would, you know, if I'm building a team, I would take my chance and extend my ability to compete with D'Angelo Russell than to have Chris Paul for, you know, whatever. How many games do you think he plays this next season? 40? 50? You know, I don't think anybody's going to expect him to play 82. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I think that's the, that's the conversation from Phoenix's side. From Minnesota's side, I that does not seem like a move that uh, Tim Connolly would be coming in shooting for. You know, right off the hip. You know, his mantra in Denver was "We don't skip steps," and coming in and immediately trading for Chris Paul would be the antithesis well, it, of that. And does Chris adding Chris Paul to this team get you past Memphis any differently than? This year, maybe. I mean, we probably make less of those mistakes down the stretch yep. with Chris Paul than we did with D'Lo running the show. But look, people, the people who want to dump on D'Lo right now, the one thing that they that isn't brought up in those comments and things is we're not in that series if not for D'Lo in the in the um, game eighty two or game eighty three against the Clippers. Like we needed that play in game. Mm-hmm from D'Lo to even get into the playoffs. If we don't have that, I don't, Chris Paul doesn't do that for you in that game. I don't think, you know? And so my main argument on that would be that Chris Paul might not do that in one game, but if you have Chris Paul over the course of a season instead of D'Lo, I don't think you're in the play-in game. Maybe, but how many games do you have D'Lo versus how many games do you have Chris Paul? Like you might have D'Lo for 10 or 15 more games than you had Chris Paul too. I don't, you know, I, not that D'Lo has been an Ironman either. I get that. I, I, that's, like, look, that's why I said I think that argument can be made both ways on it. I'm not even saying one way or the other. I think it's a, I think a good argument could be, could be made that you get past Memphis with Chris Paul instead of D'Lo. Mm-hmm. I don't think you get past the Warriors with Chris Paul instead of D'Lo. Um, but I think another argument could be made that you don't even get into the playoffs with Chris Paul because he misses. How many games did he miss this last year? I don't even know. 25, 30, whatever it was. You're going to make me look it up. He, you, you, uh, you lose most of those games without a Chris Paul or, or a D'Lo on the floor if you're the Wolves, um, because that's kind of what happened with the Wolves without D'Lo. The games that D'Lo like, the games D'Lo played in, our winning percentage is better than it was with the games he didn't play in. So Chris Paul played in 65 games this year. D'Angelo Russell played in. Sixty-five games. Oh, exactly the same. Yep. So, so yeah. So I like, it's just a matter of, you know, which games does the, like, and I, you know, I'm not gonna make you look this up because it's probably gonna take <laughs> too much time, but what was our record in the 65 games D'Lo played in? Yeah. It's going to be a much higher percentage than it was with the games that D'Lo didn't play in. Right. Like I, just for argument's sake. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, like we're, the wolves have always been a better team when they're at full strength. So I, that I, you can't compare the 82 games of the Wolves and just say, okay, you put in Chris Paul, you're going to win half of those games you lost. Well, a lot of those games you lost, you lost because D'Lo wasn't playing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. So I, I think it's an interesting question. Like, And that's why it's in the maybe category. And that's why it's in the no for me because sure. I don't think Chris yeah. Paul makes this better. So, all right, next three, uh, Rudy Gobert, who they are looking to make a change. I don't know if D'Angelo Russell would be the change they're looking to make. 
Michael Porter Jr., who I would doubt Denver would consider just for how much they've invested in him already. But if the new GM, if Calvin Booth doesn't feel the same way about him that Tim Connolly did, maybe they're looking to cut bait on the rest of that contract as his max contract is kicking in. Uh, CJ McCollum and Darren Fox, who, for you know, whether having recently been moved or having recently been reinvested in, uh, might not even be available, but would be similar quality players to D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, for those, I mean, Rudy Gobert is super close to a yes for me, like without even a maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Michael Porter Jr. as a no for me. I just I've never been a super big fan of his game, but I'm also I'm a less of a fan of his durability. Yeah. <laughs> so I just like when when we talked a couple episodes ago about Delo's contract, I would take that. I would take Delo at the max every day over Michael Porter Jr. at the max. I just. Over the course of their careers, at the end of the day, when you look back, I think um, is going to probably play 35 to 40% more games than Michael Porter Jr. during the, the life of those contracts. I, so that worries me. Mm-hmm. Um, CJ, I think, would be a good fit. It'd be interesting. The problem with CJ is he's he's even less of a point guard than D'Lo. Yeah. Um, and so fit's a weird thing here. De'Aaron Fox, I probably still like better than most people. That's really close to a, just a straight-up yes for me. I think De'Aaron Fox is is what Chris Paul was a couple of years ago. The guy that people kind of just like, ah, he's kind of washed. He kind of is what he is, even though he's younger than Chris Paul was a couple of years ago. But I think he's the type of guy that when he goes to the next team, whatever team he ends up on after this new reinvigorated stance mm-hmm. with Sacramento, I think he breaks out and is like back into the elite category, you know, the top 25 player kind of thing. Yeah, I, I I think he has a potential. He played really well after they got rid of Halliburton last year. He and uh, Sabonis had a good, you know, two-man pairing, a two-man game. Um, so with their mandate that they make the playoffs this year, it would be really hard to come up with something that would make a ton of sense for why they should swap Fox for Russell, unless we're also throwing in something that tricks them into think are win-now pieces, you know. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't even do that. I mean, it's it's close enough just straight up. I, where I'm, I think I would take Fox straight up over for, over D'Lo. Yeah. Um, but if if Sacramento's requiring a pick, it's not it's not enough for me to say yeah I would also give up a pick. Even you know I it's a deal where I think you had to have made it last year mm-hmm. before they traded Halliburton. You traded D'Lo for De'Aaron, and then you get you know and then maybe Sacramento tries it with Halliburton and and D'Lo. D'Angelo yeah. and instead. Um, obviously I think. You know, Sabonis is a better player than D'Lo for them, but I also think Halliburton's, a, you know, a different. I don't know. I, I think he's better than than Fox. He's not as talented as Fox. It's kind of a weird thing for me. But anyway, point being is I would wait until Sacramento f- fails this attempt again. Yeah. You know, and wait till like a couple months into the season when they're they're still a crummy team, and then go and say, okay, you know, we, we will offer you D'Angelo Russell for De'Aaron Fox. Well, especially as Fox is. Fox is also stepping into a max contract. So if you could, if it's not working with them this year, if they are still near the bottom of the Western Conference, maybe around the trade deadline, you can say, hey, D'Angelo's on an expiring deal. Team him with Sabonis for a few months. See how you close out the season, but then get off of the rest of Fox's contract and start over. Yep. Maybe that's a conversation you have. And, and, and at that point, they might have to give a pick to us. Right. To, to get off that, that contract. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. So that's the end of my maybe list. And I have six players who, just for me, were if they call, um, if they call, if they called and said, "We'll give you this guy for D'Angelo Russell," I'd say yes immediately, and I would probably even consider 
adding in assets on top of it to make it happen, but not players that are just in the franchise changing category that the conversation would ever even happen. So I'm looking at, you know, guys like Shea Gilgis Alexander, Pascal Siakam, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal, and Donovan Mitchell. I, I agree with you on all these. These are all yeses for me as well. Um, I think the closest one to a maybe is Siakam. Again, it's all these. Um, Shea's the only one that I think plugs, swap him and he fits. Mm-hmm. And he fits better. I, I think that one's a no-brainer for yep. me. The um, Siakam and Ben Simmons would be the other one. I think he's another one. You, you swap him and he fits. The only questions with Simmons is his durability and health, you know, and availability for yep. multiple reasons. So that aside, in terms of basketball, I think it's a no-brainer. Siakam is one where, again, and I, I touched on this on a previous episode, but to me, you're trading away one of your better pieces on the team to replace a piece that is a weakness, mm-hmm. but it's not crippling. It's not a crippling weakness, right? Like you're so now you've created an additional weakness by trading away D'Lo, yeah, to add a, a Siakam. So like to me, you almost for me to be excited about a D'Lo trade, it almost has to be for another point guard, which is why even the other guys are problematic: Levine, Bradley Beal, and Donovan Mitchell. But I like all three of those so much that yeah. I would find a way to make it work. Um, I think Levine works the best because he has more point guard skills. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with Beal and Donovan Mitchell, you're asking Ant to kind of end up being more of your primary ball handler. Because, like, let's be honest, um, Beverly's not going to be the the main guy for a long a long yep. period of time. Yep. You know, it's it's too hard to ask that from him at his age. Um, you're more going to the Boston style of playmaking by committee. Yep. Yeah. You are, and you have enough guy. Like all those guys, Beal, Mitchell, and Levine are all competent enough ball handlers and even siakam at the power forward position is giving you something sure. that you don't have before yeah so yes you are giving up your point guard to then have playmaking everywhere else but that is a that is troubling that's and we've seen that with boston in these finals is that yeah you when you play a shooting guard at point guard your defense is better and i don't think anybody questions that but you your offense does get stuck in a spot sometimes where there's nobody to initiate there's nobody to set things up there's nobody to make sure guys are getting the ball in the right spots and that bogs down your half court offense and they've had trouble with that yep and and that's when it matters most is in the playoffs cuz that's when most half court play happens in the league i mean i saw a friend of mine on facebook today post this thing and i thought about responding to but i didn't because i didn't want to get into an argument about basketball with somebody really doesn't watch basketball mm-hmm. and that was his whole point was he hadn't watched he hasn't watched the nba and he He's a friend, but he was really the contractor on our uh, remodel project. And yeah. so he and I would argue about this when he was working on stuff here too. So, But he is one of those guys just hates the NBA for the sake of hating the NBA. He yeah. thinks college is bas- basketball is better, which is just nonsense. It's just not. That's why most of those guys don't make the NBA. It's it's a lesser v- level of basketball. Yeah, exactly. Just call it what it is, you know. And um, But he was he's like, I sat down and I watched – Planned on watching the NBA Finals. This is supposed to be the best of the the best in the league, and I could only stand it for two minutes. And he's like talking about the push-offs and stuff. It's like you know, and he's talking about how much better it was in his era of the '90s. I'm like, you do re- recall one of the biggest highlights of Michael Jordan's career is pushing off by Scott to hit the shot. Like nothing's changed. Yeah, it's just the guys are better today than they yeah. were then. Like, you you watch John Starks, right? Like that was miserable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the entire Knicks era, the yeah. Pacers era, which, I mean, I like the Knicks and Pacers teams back then, but it was a, you know, and and, and then he was like getting in on the, 
the players complaining too much to the officials. That hasn't changed either. No. Like I think you just you're you have this romanticized version of what basketball was then. It's like you're remembering it finally because you were young and you had less cares in the world and whatever. But it's the NBA. The only thing that's changed in the NBA is the level of skill that the guys have today versus the they had in the early 2000s and the 90s and the 80s and the 70s. It's you know did we probably talked about it before, but when JJ Redick just roasted uh mad dog on espn about they're comparing chris paul to i don't even remember some player from the 50s mm-hmm. and jj's response to him was like this guy he's never even shot 40 percent from the field a single season of his career i think it was koozie yeah and he's like chris paul's done that every single year of his career like in the high 40s yeah as a point guard and then he's like, yeah, well, Chris Paul's never scored 40 points in a game or 45 points in a game or whatever it was. And J.J. Reddick's response was, it's because Chris Paul's not playing plumbers and firemen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. Like, those guys had other jobs. Like, you, like when you talk about different eras of basketball, you have to compare them to that era. Like, guys were great in that era. There are exceptions. Like, Michael Jordan can play in any era. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the GOAT. Like, I get that. He would have a lot tougher time being elite today than he would back then. Because he would have he would have to change his game. He would have to develop a three point shot in order to be the scoring leader. He can't score as much, you know. Yeah, if you dropped twenty five year old Michael Jordan in in twenty twenty two, he would have a significant transition to make to be as valuable. If you dropped eight year old Michael Jordan in fourteen years ago, he would have grown up in the right era with AAU ball and the right style of basketball, and he would have figured that out because. Not only was he hard, the hardest worker, he was also the most talented. So it's, he just, and he was one of the smartest. Yeah, and, but it's and that's why I say you have to compare. Yes, some it's guys like, would have figured it out. Some guys were just good because of when they played. Another JJ Riddick quote: like He on his podcast. He I don't know. Have you started listening to his podcast yet? I've I've heard a few episodes. Yeah. Okay. He had Joel Embiid on, who made me like Embiid so much more. Listening to him in a you know hour long podcast versus right. just troll comments on Twitter. But damn, Embiid asked him. He goes, do you think I could beat Bill Russell one-on-one in his prime? JJ's like, oh. it's like JJ knew he was setting him up. Yeah. He knew if he gave his honest answer, he's going to get roasted on Twitter. Yeah. And JJ's like, Bill Russell was one of the greatest centers of all time in his era. Uh-huh. He won you know, all those titles against eight teams. Because <laughs> like, there was only eight teams in the league then or whatever. He goes, do I think you, you would beat him 10 out of 10 times? Yeah. You your prime against Bill Russell in his prime, you beat him ten out of ten times, and that's that's just true. Like it's just like it's just there are differences in games. Like now, Shaq against Joel Embiid, that's maybe a different story because it's a little like Shaq. Mm-hmm. Shaq had the point. size, yeah, yeah, he had the size and the physicality. And now Shaq can't shoot, and it's gonna be hard for Shaq to stay with a Joel Embiid. Hold. But maybe now, if you compare Shaq against Jokic one on one, like how do they do? You know, yeah. it, so there are exceptions, but how did anyone in the, how was anybody in the nineties going to defend a Steph Curry? Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's they just, wouldn't know how they wouldn't. They, yeah. They've never seen a guy that accurate from that far away. Right. And so, you know, and to Bill Russell's credit, and we're getting a little off, off topic here, yeah, but it's, it's worth fine. the conversation have, happening. Um, like he's not, his comparison isn't Joel Embiid. Will Chamberlain's comparison is Joel Embiid. Right. Right. You know, right, Bill Russell's comparison is like prime Draymond Green. Who, yeah, who has that. had the more impactful career? Was it Draymond Green or Joel Embiid? And yeah, Joel Embiid would crush Draymond one-on-one every single time because he has eight, nine inches on him. Yep. 
Well, and they, they, they were talking about it. They talk about it almost every episode at ESPN when they're trying to rank players. And, mm-hmm. and they were talking about it yesterday and then continued today. The discussion Stephen A. Smith and Reddick were arguing over the top seven players because um, Stephen A. Smith made the point that Anthony Davis is a top seven player. And J.J. Reddick read off what he sees as the top seven guys and said, yeah. who are you off that list? And Stephen A. Smith said he thinks Anthony Davis is better than Luka and Jokic. That he would, he still like he still take him over. There. He goes when he's in shape. And JJ's like he, he he's played the last two years. He goes JJ's like I'm taking if he's healthy enough to play. He goes I know Anthony Davis. He doesn't go out there if he's not right. Yeah. That's what he says. Which is why he misses more games than most players because he won't play unless he's fully healthy. He goes he he's been a bad player the last two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he go, and Stephen Smith saying well he would average he he's a 28 and 12 guy. And JJ's like, he hasn't been for the last two years. Right. He's like a 17 and 8 guy. Your, <laughs> your idealized version of Anthony Davis is. Yeah. And, is and so that, then yeah. Stephen would try to twist the argument to be in peak prime right. Anthony Davis. And, and he's saying, well, he's a better defender than Jokic. That, therefore, he's a better player. Well, he's so much inferior on and passing mm-hmm. and, and some of the stuff that Jokic can do. And Amari Sotomayor is on it too. And we brought up, he's like, well, you also have to have basketball IQ. And he goes, are you saying, you know, Stephen is like, you're saying Anthony Davis doesn't have an IQ? And he goes, I'm saying he's not doesn't have the basketball IQ of a Luka Doncic or Nikola Jokic. Yeah. He's like, those are two of the smartest players we have, you know, like, and so there are, there, I mean, there's so many things that weigh into each of these conversations and, and yeah, just from all one-on-one, it's like, you know, if, if you're talk, like, it's going to be really hard for Joel Embiid to beat Steph Curry one-on-one too, because he can't keep up with him. No. You know, but he's got the physicality over him, yeah. but he doesn't have the shooting or the speed over him, you know, and, and vice versa. It's, you know, like if you're, if every baskets are only worth one and there is no such thing as a three point on one-on-one, well, Steph Curry can't match up with Embiid then. So, like, it, are you, what are you talking about for rules? Yeah. And so, and listen, I'm not, I'm not going to tell anybody how to be a fan. Like, that's that's something I grow super tired of. Is somebody yeah. telling me, stop hating on Wiggins, get over it? I'm like, I don't have to. I'm yeah. allowed to choose any reason I want to have any problem or any dissatisfaction or dislike of anybody in the league. I don't know them personally. I'm not judging them as a person yeah, outside I think of basketball. Is a great person. I yeah, think I'm sure he is too. I'm going to cheer or root for him to lose every single game for the rest of his career because I have the right to choose to do that, and I don't have to be rational about it. I'm going to do the same thing with Jimmy Butler and the same thing with Tibbs because I have decided that they impacted me negatively as a Timberwolves fan. And that's the only interaction we're ever going to have. By the way, they don't even have to have impacted you no. negatively as a Timberwolves fan. You can just you cannot like them because of their haircut. Yeah. You cannot like whatever the like if they wore green shoes like, one time and I decided I didn't like the look of their shoes, I'm allowed to say I am no longer cheering for that player. Yeah, it, it, there's a difference between not liking a player and then saying they're just objectively bad because you don't like them. Right. That's and it's, the it's the same thing with liking the league as a whole or comparing eras. You are 100% allowed to say I enjoyed 90s basketball more than I enjoy today's basketball. Yep. That's not because of the quality of play. It might be because of personal preference on the type of play. And it's also most likely due to the fact that you had an emotional attachment at that time that you don't have now. Yep. And if you grew up... if why every generation talks, tells their kids that the music they had growing up was better than the music today. Right. Right. Every generation of, of human being has gone through that argument with their parents exactly because you can listen to a new song and it means nothing to you because there's no interaction for it to relate to in your life right and that's just it's always going to be the same way with sports so everybody listening everybody out there is allowed to enjoy or have preferred any era of basketball that they want 
That does not mean that objectively, if they were in the gym, they would be better. But you can choose whatever you want. Just don't try to bring reason into it. Just say I, emotionally, this is what I like. And that's and okay. I, and how, how, how often have you given me a hard time about hating Kevin Durant? Yeah. Oh, like on this, but I've never said it. I mean, Kevin Durant sucks. No. Or that he's no good. I, I'm like, I don't know. I will argue that I don't think he's as good as LeBron for this era of basketball. And I have even argued for many years, even with you, that I don't think he was as good as Steph Curry, that I thought Steph Curry was the better player between them. And that when he joined Golden State, they won because of Steph Curry. They didn't win because of Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant might be more talented than Steph Curry, but I would take Steph Curry as a player over Kevin Durant. But the point being is I'm not saying I hate Kevin Durant, therefore he sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm saying I don't like him. He's a good player, but I don't like him. I don't like the way he plays. Um, I actually like him a lot when I listen to him in interviews, by the way. I like him in podcasts. I've always felt that way about him. I just, there's something about his game I don't like. I just, um, so it's, to your point, like we, uh, that's what sports is all about. It's right. It's about, it's emotional. Sports is emotional. Why do you like one team? Like you like a team over imaginary lines on a map, right? That's the reason why we like the wolves better than we like the Chicago bulls or, you know, whatever. Like you like them because of imaginary lines on a map or some people like them because of the colors. Like my dad used to always make fun of a guy that used to work for him. He was a huge Cowboys fan his entire life. My dad's always, he just likes them because of the pretty star on their helmet, you know, like, (laughs) and and it's just so, but my dad's the epitome of, of people who like he, he hates certain guys Mm -hmm. and they therefore suck because he no longer, he doesn't like, like he hates, well, he hates Kirk Cousins. So he thinks he sucks. He thinks he's not even a starter in the NFL, but a better one is Jared Allen because lots of people hate Kirk Cousins and a lot of people are irrational about Kirk Cousins. My dad thinks Jared Allen is one of the most overrated players in the history of football and thinks he's terrible because he hates that he had a mullet. Yeah. Hates that he did the, the calf roping thing or whatever. And I'm like, you can dislike the guy for those things, but you can't say he sucks because of those things. Right. <laughs> like you can't objectively say that player is no good because he had a mullet. That has nothing to do with football. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. People are weird about it. Yeah, people are not allowed to not like anything they don't want to like. And honestly, if everybody was an NBA fan, it would be a lot less fun because it I wouldn't would... feel it wouldn't feel special. It wouldn't feel like our thing. Like being especially being a Timberwolves fan, there's pride in that because they're they're not everywhere. It's not you don't see twenty Timberwolves flags hanging down your street when you drive down the same way you do with Vikings flags. You yeah, know, I'm sure you're you are this in your your family circle mm-hmm. and and closer like. I am known in my family circle and close friend circle as the Wolves fan in that group. Yeah, exactly. We're it's a, it's a hockey a family, fan. otherwise. Yeah, and but I always tell people I am probably as big a Vikings fan as I am a Timberwolves fan. It's just a lot easier for me to rally around the Wolves. Like I have more of a, a verbal, yeah, you know, like um, I don't even like loyalty almost to them because I spent all my years defending them, being the voice for them. Even though, like I've, I, I. I was a really little kid the last time I missed a Vikings game. Yeah. Like, yeah. If I'm on vacation in Hawaii and the game's on at 8 a.m., I find a place to watch it. Like, I don't miss Vikings games. I miss more Wolves games than I miss Vikings games because there's so many more of them. Exactly. But it's, I'm like, it's. But you don't stand out as a Vikings fan because right. everybody's a Vikings fan. Everybody's a Vikings fan. So it's yeah. not as fun for me to be yeah. a vocal Vikings fan because I'm just another one in the crowd. And not that I'm like, I don't even argue about the Wolves with people, I, but I, I let them know, you know, I'm a giant Wolves fan because exactly. there's so few of yep. us. So 
long story short, we talked about D'Lo for a while. We tried to rate him in terms of other quote unquote max contract guys. He, you know, he's obviously not at the super max level. So there were guys that weren't named that are getting, you know, max deals. But it, I think in the conversation, he ended up falling around, you know, maybe the 30th percentile in terms of that group, you know, 70, you know, seven out of 10 of those guys, we would have either said yes to a trade for, or they would have been completely unavailable, which I don't think is going to surprise either of us. Um, no, all... I mean, I would even add, if you just take off that, those guys that are unavailable, yeah. um, you can leave Wiggins in there because he'll probably be available because I think Golden State will strike on. He's probably in the 50 percentile then um, yeah. of guys that you would, yes, maybe no. Right. And for me, my no list is bigger than my maybe list or my yes list. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where I was going to ask you is like going through that exercise. Does that change your opinion of D'Lo? Does that make you value him more, less, or no change at all? Yeah, it doesn't surprise me because I already knew, like, I knew that D'Lo was overpaid for his status around the league. I also knew there were plenty of other players due to the nature of the maximum contract who are also overpaid. And there, so there are going to be, like, you can never say a contract is untradeable because we've seen plenty of bad players, plenty of players who are on deals that you would think are way too big for anybody to ever want, still get traded. There's always going to be a, a deal out there. Um, I wouldn't say it makes me think any any more highly of him because there, it didn't open up my eyes to any other scenarios where I, I hadn't considered that before or teams that I thought, well, this might work. Or, you know, even thinking like, well, there are 13 teams that are in worse situations than the Wolves with their max guy. You know, it's just kind of... It, he he is who we thought he was. I think at least in terms of the this thought exercise. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I yeah, I, I like obviously I already valued him higher than you mm-hmm. did. Um, he's not the untradeable guy to me. It's it, it's kind of the same for me. Like it's it kind of fell into the exact same boat where I was like, yeah, I'd rather just stand pat over most of the guys that are like obvious like, yeah. candidates. Outside, you take away the superstars of the other team that you're not going to be able to get. Then yeah, I would uh, just assume keep deal over most of those guys. Um, I think we're, we had very few differing points. There was just a couple guys on that list that I was closer to a yes on than you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and more guys I was closer to a no on than you were. Uh, so you have more maybes that your, your middle section is just bigger than mine, but um, that probably speaks to the, our difference in our opinions of Delo that you're more open to trading him yeah. and taking a roll of the dice on some of these guys that maybe aren't great fits or, yeah, and we didn't even necessarily look at contracts. Like, obviously, the fact that some guys having one year left in their contract is going to be appealing. Some guys having four years left in their contract is going to be appealing. It really just depends on who the player is and what the, what the value they would bring is. Um, so, ultimately, those Delos in the news. We don't know where it's going to go. We are very close to the draft, so there could be action soon. It seems like some NBA news is starting to pop up more and more each day. There are front office signings. There was actually a trade. Denver, you know, our good friends in Denver actually made a trade yesterday. So seemed desperate a little bit, you know, they they were getting, uh, I think they were trading away Jamichael green. So maybe a player that ends up getting moved again. I don't know if the wolves would be interested. He does fit a position of need, but, uh, ultimately we are close to some real action here, Chad, and we'll see where it goes, but, uh, it's been enjoyable talking to you and we'll come back for the Southwestern, uh, division recap as soon as we can, unless something else pops up that's worth talking about. Awesome, man. It's been fun. All right, buddy. You have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you.